welcome to Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello there, Pete. I have been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. Here we are, Matt, just days away from the Obi-Wan Kenobi series premiere to give you our final preview. Indeed, Pete, a Boonta Eve classic, perhaps, in the offing here as we get ready to, uh, to you know, Pete, to reflect on the fact that in 36 hours or so, based on when we're recording this now, uh, the series will be dropping its first two episodes, and among other things, Disney leaning into this moniker of it being a limited series, um, something I think at least in my mind, it's helping hammer home. It somehow is different than the other six episode shows that have been on Disney plus. This is the movie, if you will. Yeah. And I'm super interested to see how that unfolds compared to the others. Um, with Deborah Chow having come from the Mandalorian handpicked to run this, you know, do they go with the old, uh, you know, chapter uh, format that um, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett have gone to. Um, the Vanity Fair article out in the last week, which Matt, I I read every blessed word of and really enjoyed, which has now been stashed behind pay for me. Uh, even though you read it already, I'd love to sit here and be able to quote um, specifically mentions the concept of of being you know one big movie so i get the sense they probably won't go with the chapter and and title thing we'll have to see what i can tell you this is nobody's seen this and no one will see this until tomorrow night yeah which is astonishing astonishing in general i do think for the you know for the the Hollywood Reporter critics for the KTLA critics for you know people in that kind of upper echelon deadline and so forth um the writing has been on the wall for a while now that big properties like this don't need a critical sign off to say wow the New York Times said on Monday that this show is can't miss on Friday this movie this whatever therefore that's what's driving me so again if you're at that upper echelon um, it's Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. They don't need your great review. Uh, in fact, heck, they don't need you saying, well, it doesn't really get going till the third episode. And we as viewers go, well, maybe I'll just wait till Wednesday when the third episode comes out. And <laughs> right. I'll, I'll Until do... the series is half over. A week right, right. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, you know, I think that secrecy clearly is key. Um, that's the watchword for Disney. It's the watchword for Star Wars. It's the watchword for Marvel. Um, and you know bring it on let those let those star wars celebration folks enjoy it thursday night and the rest of us will be there on friday and originally today was to have been the day wednesday may 25th and then what was it like six eight weeks ago the announcement uh uh, we're gonna push it back and go head to head with uh stranger things that weekend but you're gonna get the first two that friday May 27th. So I will take it 
And then, as you said, we return to Wednesday and we'll be halfway home through this limited event series a week from today. Also kind of been surprised how forceful, pun intended, they've been on Darth Vader in the advertising. Clearly, I don't know if it's some holdover concern about, you know, how the prequels were viewed originally. I mean, listen, um, Ewan McGregor makes no bones in the Vanity Fair article about he was unsure about taking the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi originally, and he was unsure about doing it again. Uh, I had never heard the story that he balked initially. Um, and now that his partner uh, is shooting Ahsoka and he jokes in the piece that, you know, maybe their child will become a Trekkie. Um, it, it's interesting that he's gone back here. I've since seen another article, uh, this Matt by a, uh, a media outlet who believes there are eight episodes in this season. <laughs> Oops, a doodle. I, what's that? Oops, a doodle. Yeah, who I tweeted at to just uh, say, hey, um, no, there's only six. So it's going to be weird when you, you know, write your episode six review in a couple weeks. And you're like, but wait, there's still two more coming. Um, there, there was an article uh, the last day or so uh, quoting McGregor that it leaves the series open and that he could return. But. I'm approaching this and I think you'd be wise to approach it that this is the six episodes and, and that's that. Um, but again, what we may get in these six episodes remains greatly, greatly unseen. Uh, I will be scouring for a reaction uh, after the, uh, the two part, premiere showing at star wars celebration tomorrow night of course you know just hours before we see it but i i want to know and um yeah i think uh obviously from the marketing one the vader thing and two moses ingram's uh, inquisitor character reva the third sister very very prominent i think we're gonna get far more of her than uh, maybe even casual fans might expect and uh, all ready for that. Well, Pete, listen, I know all listeners want to patiently wait until Friday. I will just say I have the distinct memory of um, when the first footage of The Mandalorian was shown at that Star Wars celebration. I remember you were either traveling <laughs> or otherwise yes. indisposed. In Maine. <laughs> um, and, and I was they did have a lot they did have a legit you know live feed that at points they'd say now let's look at the footage and it would you know be like live feed returns in three minutes that that sort of thing very quickly on youtube people's hidden camera footage started to show up some of which rather quickly got pulled down other people were like hey over here on my blog here's a link to google drive where i have the footage and so forth so uh, I'm assuming, Pete, it is Thursday night that that's being shown? Yes. 
All right. So, I mean, obviously the difference between, I don't know what time, let's just say for the sake of argument, that's eight o'clock uh, Chicago time, so nine o'clock um, Eastern. That's six hours before um, it'll it'll drop on Disney+. Plus. Um, so I don't know how much, you know, late night, wait for the person to get out of the area, then find Wi-Fi, then upload, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It might be, might be diminishing returns, but it might be there. It might be there at a certain point where you can find that stuff, which again, you could just, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm getting up at 3am and, and watching that and, and then I'll work my merry way through, uh, some stranger things. But uh, yeah, just the anticipation, I think, super duper high right now. Um, they, they've put out uh, a bit of a scene with, uh, you know, obviously McGregor and Joel Edgerton reprising uh, Uncle Owen and the whole, you know, oh, what, like he trained uh, his father uh, thing extended from the uh, trailer. But, you know, you look at this cast matt we've seen very few of them um you know so i i think they've shown us just so little and uh really really anticipating this ride yeah and i think that back in the olden days when all the great stuff was on broadcast tv you know there were limited series, but the mantra was always, if it's successful enough, it can be unlimited. You know, they could do the next, even though they said we're just going to do one season, if it is the biggest thing since sliced bread, they can do another season. Similarly, the show with the ultra five season plan and so forth, if you know, which is which is to say an unlimited series, uh, if it's unsuccessful, it can become real limited real fast, you know, canceled after 10 episodes or that sort of thing. Um, I suppose that is still true now. I mean, if Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, uh, the six-episode limited run, if it is bigger than Loki, which would make it the biggest thing on Disney+, Plus, if it is the, you know, the, 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 the Sopranos meets Friends in terms of its, its, you know, just impact, oh, of course they can come back and do another season. I do think, though, there is something um, freeing from corporate all the way down to creative, all the way down to actors, to say, you know, look, obviously there's who knows, there's what if, there's so forth, but, you know, let's really make this six-episode arc the best thing it can possibly be and, you know, leave everything on the table because we know we're not coming back, that sort of thing. Um, And I think from a storytelling point of view, you know, I'm tiring a little bit on, let's say, the Marvel end of things, knowing that at the end of the Marvel movie or at the end of the Marvel season, television season, I know there's going to be something left open-ended for next time in terms of the story arc of, you know, Doctor Strange or Spider-Man or whomever. Let alone there's also going to be at least one scene that gets me excited for a thing that's in the far-off future and so forth. I'm tiring of that a little bit. A little bit just as a storytelling device. I welcome the notion here that I know where things pick up in A New Hope, and probably because of the age of these people, because of what they probably paid them to get them, you know, I mean, my goodness, Pete, uh, Bonnie uh, P.S. playing Aunt Beru, uh, a role she has not touched since, you know, the, the early 2000s, I'm not saying that they needed her to make this six-episode thing, but there's a certain point where you sit and go, uh, hey, we want uh, Ewan and Hayden and Joel and Bonnie 
And Bonnie could sit and go, I want a little bit more money for that because I might be the least important of the four, but if you want the continuity, you got to get me. There's a little freedom I mean, to say, we got you, and now we're just letting go of everybody. Much in the way that um, Andor is bringing back uh, Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. This is someone who played her in Rogue One, but had played the uh, the role in something that didn't make Revenge of the Sith. And they reached back for her there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the the big thing that kind of come out of the Vanity Fair piece was the disclosure by Kathleen Kennedy that they've learned they can't recast the iconic roles. Um, no word on what that means for the announced Lando show that's supposed to have Donald Glover. But like, all right, is that going forward now so like alden Ehrenreich, like a lot of people were thinking maybe the lando show is like that backdoor solo sequel and you know we're gonna get what they were gonna do with uh jabba and and losing the spice and you know han and, and chewy uh you know running from uh those guys but you know, you you look for the the six episodes here with what we've seen in you know a teaser and a trailer, some of which have a lot that kind of overlap. Um, the the movement now is is TV. That's the the other thing in that article is they talk how much like okay, it's started with Mandalorian and then they briefly mention Book of Boba Fett, but. Um, the article was written before Ahsoka started filming two weeks ago. Um, I think there's a very strong possibility, Matt, when we talk these previews, we talk about like cameos. We know Vader's showing up. They talk about, um, you know, Hayden Christensen coming back and playing this role 41 now. Whereas before, you know, gets the the plum role of Anakin Skywalker for Attack of the Clones 20 years ago. Um, I think we're looking at a flashback, at least for sure, to the Clone Wars of Obi-Wan and Anakin. There's internal artwork from Lucasfilm of them wearing the Clone Wars animated uniforms with like the Jedi insignia on the on the side and they kind of are armored um i think maybe rosario dawson shows up in that well that leads to something i'm keeping track of for these six episodes which is you know a what cutting edge but known technology will be deployed for these six episodes i.e it's much easier to imagine now than it was two years ago, you know, uh, a 100% authentically de-aged Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, if they were able to put not Luke Skywalker's face on Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say whether it's the de-aging of Mark Hamill or whether it's the the deep fake onto the, the body performer and so forth, if they can do that and it looks good in Mandalorian season quite good in Mandalorian season two and 
shockingly much better a year later in Book of Boba Fett, surely you can do the same for, uh, let's say, certainly Ewan McGregor, who has a ton more footage out there that, you know, from which you could deepfake, let alone just do a, do a de-aging as has been done with Marvel. Um, I have to wonder, too, one of the sore spots i one of the sore spots in uh the the solo movie maybe there's more than one i don't know more than one sore spot but um i felt like you could hear the age in james earl jones's voice um and and i don't know that there was a solution back then other than have a not james earl jones person voice him which would be worse we've seen now in mandalorian and book of boba fett the virtual voice that has been created Mm -hmm. Um, I have to feel like we're going to suddenly, we're going to hear James Earl Jones's voice circa 1985 when when uh, Darth Vader shows up in Kenobi. I'm going to say, my goodness, it's that's it. It's back. How did they do that? It's going to be, they made a deal with James Earl Jones to, you know, uh, uh, archive his voice for right. all time. And the the great grandkids uh, are now going to not want because, you know, it it's a $5 million, it's a $10 million deal, whatever it is. It's almost priceless in order to sit and say, we're going to have James say every little, you know, uh, consonant and vowel sound and so forth. And we're going to go back and scour all this old footage to have Darth Vader eternal. Still not even confirmed that he'll be there. Really think he will when we hear Darth Vader speak. But you don't get Hayden Christensen if you're not going to see his face. So I think both in flashback and then in this pending throwdown between him and Obi-Wan that's going to give additional resonance to the stiff and geriatric duel that they have aboard the Death Star in the original because obviously it was Sir Alec Guinness and a British bodybuilder in a suit and it couldn't be super duper over choreographed. I think they're going to have a really brutal throwdown, one in which the Vader helmet winds up coming off in part or in whole. So we can see Hayden Christensen and he can act underneath that. Think like if you know the, um, the force unleashed games at all, you know, there's, uh, there's a chapter, a bit, where Vader goes to the Wookiee home world of Kashyyyk and, you know, the, the suit gets pretty battered. You may well be right. However, I could imagine making it through the six episodes and that helmet doesn't come off. Um, or maybe it comes off off screen, which I don't know if that would suggest they were going to show him, then they edited away, or they never were going to... Here's my point, Pete. I could see we get to the end of the six episodes and we go, whoa, that's a complete thing. How can they ever make a season two? It's just as perfect as it is. And we never see his face. Um, I can guarantee you that doesn't happen. I All I could say is I'm not disagreeing. I could see I could see it just not happening. And we go, so wait, it was just Hayden Christensen in the body suit, like in the suit running lines for the James Earl Jones synthesizer? Could be. The other thing that's, you know, mentioned quite a bit is their relationship and obviously heading towards this 
destination duel that they're going to have that the two characters loved one another that Anakin and Obi-Wan, you know, it's, it's their parting words, Obi-Wan telling him he loved him, you know, he was a brother and all this that happened and that that's still greatly unresolved for both of them. So from an emotional standpoint, picking up, you know, was confirmed in that article as well. This takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith that, you know, still looking for one another. Um, and hence the Inquisitors here, the Grand Inquisitor uh, played in this series by Rupert Friend, uh, character first seen in Star Wars Rebels. And then uh, the fifth brother and the third sister, these kind of like, uh, you know, dark side Sith helpers, if you will, you know, on the uh, the Empire side. There is a surprising amount of story potential, despite the fact that we know we know some ways in which this series won't end pete they're not going to kill darth vader they're not going to kill obi-wan kenobi they're not going to kill uncle owen aunt beru or the little guy they're raising so from this place of you know potentially lack of dramatic stakes even with through the you know even through the lens of uh willful suspension of disbelief like oh no will vader get to the lars homestead i think we can all play along and enjoy it and so on and so forth um, but the fact that there is this Inquisitor threat, the fact that the exact shape of how this series will unfold, i.e., does Obi-Wan get pulled away? Is it somehow easier to protect Luke by leaving because people are on the trail of Obi-Wan? Are people coming for Luke and Obi-Wan needs to draw them? Like Those kind of particulars uh, are still not known. And... In that unknown area, that's where that's where all this drama and potential has been has been woven, and it's an incredibly exciting place to be, uh, just about ready to play in. We know that they're going to at least three planets at this point. Uh, we've got Tatooine, we've got the Hong Kong kind of planet there with all the neon, and then some world in which. There's this big tower on the water where the Inquisitors meet. Um, but other than that, the setting kind of, uh, you know, shrouded like a lot of this show. Pete, let's circle into when we will be podcasting uh, this show. Uh, indeed, Pete, with two episodes arriving on Friday. How's that going to work? You're going to want to watch those if you're like me right away. If you're like Matt, once you... Uh, you know, get around and take care of a couple things, but we will be bringing you our podcast of those first two episodes around midday. We'll be recording on uh, Saturday, May 28th. So you probably want to get us your thoughts by Saturday morning. I know that that's something of a turnaround, you know, fast turnaround time for listeners who, especially if they're taking care to share their well-crafted thoughts and so forth. But um, I think settling into the Star Wars Saturday slot uh, is important for us. Um, that's that's where, for example, Book of Boba Fett um, lived for the most. Yeah, lived. Um, and then, of course, when the show settles into its Wednesday release schedule, the Wednesday to Saturday time, 
should give plenty of time for feedback mm-hmm. for refre- reflection theorizing and so forth so some some hurry up and giddy up here but uh pete it's in service of two episodes of obi-wan kenobi it's going to be interesting to see too uh is there some kind of cliffhanger effect after the first one where you can dive right into that second um and two, what the runtimes wind up being, you know, some of the pushback on Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett were runtimes, yet I find myself watching them and, you know, it's the classic Hollywood principle of leave them wanting more, yet they do so much, they they satisfy so much in terms of what they give you. Um, and this is the first time Star Wars for... Disney Plus for, you know, I say TV, I hesitate to still call this TV, um, you know, with different characters in a different era. So how that's going to feel, I think, and, you know, how how different they could make it feel as opposed to what we've gotten to this point. Well, certainly, Pete, the entire limited run series that's ahead of us for Obi-Wan Kenobi. We could not do it without those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And uh, of course we remain so pleased to be listener supported. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to contribute to, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you in that door. Can't contribute right now we completely understand you can do us a massive solid uh that costs nothing by going to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating for this podcast in seconds a review takes a little while longer but all of that helps us out pete how can people be in touch with you to talk about kenobi you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-12,400. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,462 followers. Can't be wrong. And Matt, of course, on Twitter, going to tell you here because we'll be running our poll after the episode is another way to give your feedback. Indeed. Yeah, looking forward to running that probably Friday evening again with the faster turnaround for the Saturday, the Star Wars Saturday uh, coverage of those two episodes. Uh, Pete, as for me, I am found on Twitter as Looking Back Lost. We hope all are in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, now as Bunta Eve comes to a conclusion, looking forward to. Uh, those two episodes of Kenobi arriving on Friday. So I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you Saturday. Saturday.